Well, hey, everyone, this is Dave DeBow with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And today, all the way from sunny Phoenix, Arizona, we have Ms. Courtney Jones, who is going to be joining us. And Courtney has been investing in real estate since she was about three years old, it would appear. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-two, so she's definitely been doing this business for a long time. And she was just telling me that at the beginning of her real estate investing career, she kind of created it more as a hobby than a full-time thing. She did that for about the first ten years, doing four or five transactions a year, and then she found out about treating real estate as a business, and that's when things really, really took off. And she started doing a heck of a lot more deals than that. And Courtney focuses a lot on creative deals. So rehabbing properties is where she started. And then she got into wholesaling and buying old. So really looking forward to finding out a little bit about what you've been up to with real estate, Courtney, as well as some of your, you know, your hard-earned lessons along the way. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. I appreciate it very much. All right, so let's rewind all the way back to 1991 and a half. Okay. <laughs> Before you got into real estate investing, what was it that kind of got you started in the whole path? You know, it's funny. I had never heard anything about it. And a friend drug me to a no money down seminar. And I went to that. I was going to college, but I was working full time in property management. And I was going to college at night and this friend took me to a seminar and I kind of got exposed to the no money down type techniques and just was kind of just processing it all, I guess, and thinking I didn't know such a thing existed. I'd been raised in the environment where you had to have 20% down and, you know, you saved forever to be able to buy your first house and all that kind of thing. So going to that sort of exposed me to the idea that it was possible. And then I happened to see some, you know, late night infomercials. I think the things we were all kind of exposed to. And I thought, you know what, I want to learn more about this, even if I don't do anything with it. And I ended up ordering one of those courses and the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, it sounds very similar to me. The first course I ordered was good old Ron Legrand's you know, no money down type course was uh -huh. Carlton Sheets or Ron Legrand or who was, who was it that you kind of followed at the beginning? Mine was Carlton Sheets. That's who I started with. And then I found Ron Legrand. So yeah, similar paths. Yeah. Very, very interesting. All right. So tell us about those first 10 years. What were you up to in, at the beginning of your real estate investing career and, and why were you just kind of, well, I wouldn't say you're dabbling if you're doing four or five deals a year. That that's that's significant, but you, you say you weren't really treating it as a business at that time. Yeah, it was really more about a hobby at that point. My husband, he had his own company and we traveled a lot with that. So I really kind of just did it around what worked well for my lifestyle. And I would pick up a unit here or there and rehab it. And if it took me four to six months, I never looked at the ROI from that. And I never really analyzed it as a business. I just didn't have that mindset at the time for whatever reason. I don't know. It was, it was interesting though. I'll say what was a big mistake for me was it took me forever to get started. Like I learned for two years, mm -hmm. which is, you know, something I see in people every day now in my business. And I am constantly kicking them in the butt for, you know, it's like, don't, don't do what I did, you know, but I was so afraid. And it was, you know, back then we ran newspaper ads, which was several hundred dollars a month. And I would go out on all these appointments and I would meet with people and then I'd come home and I'd look in my Carlton Sheets manual to figure out like, what could I offer them and how would I do it? And how could I structure it? 
And then I just get this overwhelming fear and I wouldn't move forward. So I did that for like two years. And that's one thing I kind of work with people on now is not doing that and getting enough knowledge and then moving forward, even with that fear. Uh, Makes sense. All right. So what was it that kind of sparked you and got you thinking, hey, you know what, this could be a full time gig? I went to a seminar where someone was kind of talking about how they ran their business and they were talking about measuring numbers and looking at metrics and looking at the ROI and what were we putting into this marketing campaign and getting back. And all of a sudden on day one, the light bulb kind of went off and I thought, oh my gosh, why have I never thought of running this like a business? I'm a business minded person, but for me going into it, it was always just sort of a hobby So I just kind of had that light bulb moment at that point and was like, okay, I could do this. And that's when we sort of took things to the next level. So what did that next level look like? So compare before and after. So the first 10 years, you're kind of fooling around with a few deals a year. Then what did you do? So then we started marketing campaigns consistently. Instead of just placing ads, we were doing everything from ads to television to radio to postcard mailings, consistent on an every two-week basis. We were mailing a lot. We were getting at that point a lot of referrals from realtors because you know for 10 years, I was basically just buying through realtors and that was bringing me a lot of referrals. So when I started notching it up a little bit, I already had a good reputation in the area and people knew me. And so they would still refer me when they had deals that they couldn't sell. So all of that kind of started notching up. And we ended up at one point, we were buying between 10 to 15, sometimes even 20 houses a month, depending on what, you know, what kind of marketing we were doing, the time of the year and all that kind of stuff. So it changed drastically. At that point, we had acquisitions managers. We had set up, we couldn't get good property managers in our small area at the time. So we set up our own property management company. I was licensed. So I went and got my brokerage license and we brought agents on board. So we had a full blown gamut thing going on and it was stressful, but at the same time, we definitely took it up to a notch to the, from the business perspective. Yeah, definitely. So what you, you say you're buying sometimes 10 to 20 properties a month. What was your strategy at that time? Was it buy and hold? Was it flips? Was it wholesaling? What were you doing? All of the above. So basically, I would say we were transaction engineers. We were spending five to $10,000 a month on marketing. So in order to capitalize on that and make the most that we could, we were trying to make deals out of anything. So we would do everything from selling leads that we couldn't do anything with to realtors. That happened a lot when we were running TV ads and and radio because we were getting leads all over the place. So we would sell leads to realtors. We did subject to a lot of subject twos where we would buy and hold using subject to purchasing methods, owner financing. We were wholesaling, wholesaling for cash to keep the lights on, to keep the, you know, people paid, all that kind of stuff. And then holding for all the tax benefits and and the principal buy down. So a little bit of everything. Yeah. Wow. All right. And okay. So you did. How long did you rock and roll with the business at that level? Was because that's about, that's gonna be about exhausting. six years. Yeah. Six years? About, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That, that sounds really exhausting. It, it is. And it is probably why I have gray hair today and why I'm tired, which is why my business looks totally different now. All right. Well, so what does your business look like now? But what's it looking like now, Courtney? So more like the beginning years, actually. And it's interesting because one of the things in in my day-to-day, I talk to people a lot who are trying to get into the business. And one of the things I hear over and over again is, oh, I want to do 10 deals a month. And I think, oh, they have no idea. Um, (laughs) And so I definitely am more in the four to six deals a year kind of range now. 
I definitely one every couple of months kind of thing. Yeah. And honestly, if I did three, it's not like I would care too much, you know? So whatever I can do, I still get a lot of referrals. I've been in the business a long time. I do a lot of JVs with new people trying to get in that kind of need a little handholding to get moving to that next level. So that's always really fun for me because I enjoy helping them through that process. I don't do a whole lot of marketing outbound marketing. I do some Facebook ads every now and then, but primarily through referral and you know, people that I tend to deal with in, in different communities and stuff. And I might do a two wholesales and one buy and hold. I might do, you know, three wholesales and one buy and hold. I'm getting ready to do a rehab, which I haven't done in a few years. But as I said to you earlier, if somebody takes it off my hands before then, I'll probably just wholesale it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you focus primarily on single family homes? Is that kind of your sweet spot? Yeah, as far as buy and hold is concerned, I like like the multi-units, like fourplex type things. But yeah, in general, I would say single family homes. So it sounds like you over the years, you've probably built up quite a significant buy and hold portfolio as well. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So that's why it's no big panic to do the kind of volume of deals that you're doing before because you've got a significant buy and hold portfolio that's probably churning out some pretty good cash flow about this time. Right. And it's been long enough now that some of that principles by, you know, bought down to like not next to nothing. So that helps a lot, you know, and I also just, I mean, I find that people sometimes just overestimate how much money they need to have a really amazing lifestyle. For me now, it's more about freedom than it is about anything else. And when you're trying to buy 10 houses a month, you have no freedom. You just have another job. In fact, you have an extremely stressful job because you've got people relying on you to pay the bills and all that kind of stuff. So there's no freedom about it. And if you think you have stress at your regular job where you get a regular two-week paycheck, you'll find nothing like when you are trying to make those paychecks for people. So for me now, it's about a lot less stress and a lot of freedom. Very nice. So Courtney, I know you're working with people, you're coaching people about real estate investing and and coming at it from the experience that you've got, which is phenomenal, what is kind of the advice that you have for most newbies about, you know, everybody's got this initial fantasy about wanting to become a gazillionaire through real estate or whatever the hell it is, right? So do you sit people down and kind of really get them clear on what the heck they really need and then coming up with a plan on how to do that? What does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, you know, it's like I said earlier, one of the things I think is a huge thing for people is they don't realize exactly what they do need to be, to have a different lifestyle than what they have now. And so I kind of dig out with them. What, what is it you're trying to accomplish? And a lot of times I find people who want the freedom, but they're saying they want to buy 10 houses a month. And so I kind of have those conversations with them to say, those two things don't go hand in hand, you know? And then really one of the things I think that new people don't do well is they don't understand the business model to understand what's clearly needed for that business model. And what I mean by that is like wholesaling, for instance, wholesaling has nothing to do with real estate. The real estate is just the commodity that we use for that. Wholesaling at its core is about building rapport with people and sales and marketing. So if you don't like those things as a day-to-day, -day, you're going to be miserable as a wholesaler right. and you're not going to do it, you know? And so you're not going to do the day-to-day -day actions that it takes to be successful because you don't like talking to people or what, you know, whatever. Rehabbing at its core is about managing people. So if you suck at managing or you have no experience in that and you don't like confrontation, then you're not going to be a great rehabber because you have to constantly be managing people to a timeline and to a budget and all those things. So I really work with new people to kind of get to the core of what is their skill set 
And what are they willing to actually learn and take on that would then translate into the business and how, what business model would fit with that? So you've been doing this for a long time. Do you, I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing that most people, at least in my experience over the years, you know, if they could be creating like a hundred thousand dollar a year income through real estate, that would be an awesome number for them. That would allow them to quit the job. That would allow them to be financially free. Is that kind of the number that you typically see would probably float most people's boat? 85%. That's the number they come up with off the top of their head, you know, or the thing we hear a lot is 10,000 a month, you know, so. Yeah, it all comes up to be the same, which if you actually look at it, what they're making at the job usually isn't anywhere close to that. Exactly. The place, whatever the heck they're making at their job and not have to punch the clock, they'd be financially free, right? It's just like Kiyosaki said. Exactly. Right. And when you really start talking to them about what does it take to achieve that, then they're like, oh, well, because, you know, all they see is these people that are on their, in front of their Lamborghinis and all of this kind of, and it's like, okay, for the most part, like I drive, I drove a minivan until like three years ago. I mean, I, you know, I don't live like that. That's not my thing. I'm not, you know, I'm not about that kind of thing. So it's like, is that going to be the person that you're going to be? If that's what you want, that's cool. Let's go for it. And I could definitely help you get there. But for most of them, it's just a matter of they want to spend more time with their family. They want to watch their kids grow up and they want to be able to go to that soccer game or, you know, whatever. And so that takes a lot less than what most of them think. Yeah, exactly. Very good. Now, just out of curiosity, if you were starting over again from scratch and you didn't have a heck of a lot of money, what would you be doing to find the kind of good deals that you need for doing these strategies? Yeah, I would say that the number one thing in today's market I would recommend is driving for dollars, especially knowing that most people that come in don't have a lot of money. You know, almost every market across the country right now is super hot. And so with that, that means everybody's buying the same lists and everybody's working the same lists, whether they're calling them or going and knocking on doors or mailing to them or whatever, where when you drive for dollars, you can find a lot of things that aren't on a list yet, you know, and you can do any of those marketing techniques. You can knock on the door, you can stop in and talk to some neighbors, you can do a lot of different things. It's a great way to get started. I also think that thinking outside of the box and looking at ways to find those people like say pawn shops as an example or through car mechanics and things like that to just network with those types of people to say hey if you run into somebody that's in a financial situation just so you know we can help them out and and give them your card you know so doing those sort of extraordinary extra different things rather than the same old same old that everybody else is doing is going to help What I do find, though, is that people tend to underestimate how much work it takes. I can't tell you how many times a day I hear somebody say, well, I've I've done everything and I'm not getting any calls and I, you know, and I'll get drilled down on it. And, you know, they've called like nine people and got nine no's. And I'm like, dude, you got to get like a hundred of those. You know, I mean, nine no's is nothing. I get that before breakfast, you know. So I think that they just think it's going to be a matter of picking up a couple phone calls and, and. they're going to get a deal and that's not it. I mean, you got to grind. And most people aren't willing to grind. Exactly. Which is why everybody's not doing it. (laughs) Awesome. Courtney, time flies when we're having fun. If people want to find out more about Courtney Jones and what you're up to, what should they do? I would encourage them to go to my website, which is bestreitips.com forward slash take action. And if they go there, I got some great free gifts to get them started and a list of 20 things 
they can do that take little to no money to find motivated sellers. Awesome. That sounds like a fantastic resource. Courtney, very nice meeting you. Thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom today. I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much for checking out the Property Profits podcast. If you like what we're doing here, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review. We very, very much appreciate it. And if you're looking to create a regular flow of inbound investor inquiries about your real estate deals, then I invite you to attend one of my upcoming live online demonstrations. And you can check that out at InvestorAttractionDemo.com. Take care.